Every time we would visit my grandma and grandpa when I was a kid, a two-hour drive from our house in Chicago, my dad would always stop shortly after crossing the border between Illinois and Wisconsin because at the Brat Stop, which was landmarked to us kids by the giant mouse statue sitting on top of a nearby building off the highway, meant that we were halfway there. I mean, me and my brother and my sister love that thing. And my dad, too. Like most dads, probably the most annoying questions he'd get in the car from us were, Are we there yet? Or, when will we get there? Well, we knew that the giant mouse meant that we were an hour away from grandma's, and yes, we could go to the bathroom now, and dad could have a cigarette. And yes, we could go look at the fireworks store for a minute. You see, right over the border, I always took notice of the fireworks stores in Wisconsin because they were, and probably still are, illegal in Illinois. This roadside attraction brought me so much joy as a kid, and reliving it makes me think about some other similar roadside attractions and landmarks across the USA. So I thought I'd take you all out on a road trip across America in an imaginary Winnebago to see some of these kitschy pieces of Americana and some of the lesser-known stops along the way, along with some that you've heard of, too. Hitting every drive toable state, with the exception of Alaska. And since this is a podcast, I can take you on an insane itinerary that will cross the country going north to south and south to north three times, creeping ever westward in today's episode American Zigzag. <laughs> Okay, you got everything packed? iPads, chargers, snacks, water? Okay, let's go. I'll have you know that our good friends at MapQuest have helped me create the order in which we will hit our destinations and the itinerary and map will be available for you to download at our website, scatteredcuriosities.com, in the goodies section, along with some other free downloads. Maine was the 23rd state admitted to the Union, is nicknamed the Pine Tree State, and the state bird is the chickadee. Once known as Vacation Land, it is a fitting place to start our trip as it has the most eastern city in the United States, Eastport. From there, we depart for Holton, Maine, with seven acres of land littered with visionary art known as the Seven Wonders of God Creatures, which include statues of Bigfoot, Santa Claus, totem poles, flying saucers, and dinosaurs. Now, we can't go on the property, but we can take as many pictures as we'd like. Our second stop is just one of many geographical markers on our itinerary. It is the 45th Parallel Globe in Perry, Maine which is located halfway between the North Pole and the equator. And it's a big globe with the number 45th orbiting around it, which was opened in 1994. Scattered curiosity, Maine is the only state 
whose name is only one syllable. And while I'm getting literary on you, Stephen King is a resident of Bangor, Maine, which is supposedly the birthplace of Paul Bunyan and the lumber industry itself. And the 31-foot-tall, 3,700-pound Paul Bunyan statue in front of the Bangor Civic Center in Bass Park even comes to life in Stephen King's 1986 novel, It. And the statue was built in 1959 on Bangor's 125th anniversary. It is one of many Paul Bunyan statues in the country, and this one isn't even the tallest, but it's the creepiest. And while we're creeped out, let's hit our next destination in Portland, Maine, home to the world's only cryptozoology museum. Cryptozoology is the study of hidden animals, and this museum claims to have actual hair samples from Bigfoot, the Abominable Snowman, and some Yeti feces from 1959. Other exhibits at the Cryptozoology Museum include the Dover Demon, the Montauk Monster, the Jersey Devil, and any number of lake monsters. Before we get back on the interstate, let's get some fresh farm fruit, because Maine produces 99% of the blueberries in the United States and is the only state that shares a border with only one other state, which is where we are going next, Massachusetts, birthplace of the country's first subway system in Boston in 1897, and clam chowda. You may recall a few episodes ago, we did a show called Moons, Mooning, and The Moon, and we spoke briefly of the 1692 Salem Witch Trials. But wouldn't it be much cooler to go there? The Peabody Essex Museum has at least 550 papers relating to the trials, and if we don't get our fill there, we can get a bit more at the Salem Witch Museum nearby. And while we're here in Salem, Massachusetts, we can also go to the Witch House, home to Judge Jonathan Corwin, a local magistrate who sent 19 witches to the gallows during the 1692 trials because all 19 of the accused refused to admit their guilt. And believe it or not, we are actually leaving Massachusetts now, but we will be back in a few stops. You see, I designed this trip to follow the most direct north to south, south to north zigzag across America. But as you know, the states have crazy shapes. So our next stop is in the ocean state, Rhode Island. It is the smallest and last of the 13 original colonies to become a state. And it never ratified the 18th Amendment, Prohibition, which makes sense because the White Horse Tavern, built in 1673, is the oldest running bar in the United States. Glendale, Rhode Island, is home to the oldest penny arcade in the world, built in 1932. And... It has old games and new games, 
and some of them are still just a penny. Okay, our next big roadside attraction is the Giant Termite, or Big Blue Bug, of Providence, Rhode Island. It is 58 feet tall, 928 times the size of an actual termite, weighs 2 tons, costs $20,000 to construct, and is made of fiberglass and steel. The Big Blue Bug, originally purple but faded by the sun, is on top of a pest control company named Big Blue Bug Solutions. And the owners decorate it with antlers and a red shiny nose during Christmas, a witch's hat and broom at Halloween, and an Uncle Sam top hat and beard for Independence Day. Scatter curiosity? The Big Blue Bug can be seen in the movie Dumb and Dumber. Our next two stops are in the town of Exeter, Rhode Island. The first, a giant green and yellow scrap metal scorpion, the watchbug for the Exeter Scrap Metal Company. And then, and this one I've been looking forward to, the grave of a suspected vampire named Mercy Brown in the Chestnut Hill Baptist Church Cemetery. And what happened was, in 1883, Mercy Brown's family started dying mysteriously while they were in her company. Yet she lived another nine years. And two months after she died, her body was exhumed and seemed to have shifted in the coffin. And the heart appeared to be freshly untouched, which freaked everybody out. So, the heart was removed, burned, and the ashes were mixed into a kind of medicine and administered to her brother Edwin, who was showing symptoms that the family members who died a decade ago were showing, and... Of course, it didn't work, and Edwin died a couple months later. Newport, Rhode Island was host to the country's first circus in 1774 and where the first polo game in the United States took place in 1876. Our stop is Viking Tower, otherwise known as Round Tower, Newport Tower, Old Stone Mill, or Toro Tower in Toro Park. And it is the remains of a 17th century windmill, though it has been speculated that it is far older than that from the time of the Vikings. Although carbon dating has debunked that legend, estimating that it was built in the 1680s. But it's cool nonetheless. It still looks like it was built by Vikings, and resembles a round tower of a castle. Now let's go back to Massachusetts to the town of Somerville for a real quick tour of the MOBA, or the Museum of Bad Art. Yes, it is real, and I'm curious how they delegate as to what qualifies as bad art. Because let me tell you something. I've been to reputable museums around the globe. I do live in New York City. And 
I have seen some works of art hanging in these museums that I would definitely relocate to the MOBA. Everyone's a critic, right? Now, this is our last stop in Massachusetts. I promise next time we come, we will definitely visit Boston and go catch a Red Sox game, visit the house built of newspaper in Rockport, and get some Fig Newtons in Newton, Massachusetts, for which they are named. Live free or die, the motto of our next state, New Hampshire, was a proclamation written by the revolutionary general John Stark, who was a hero in the Battle of Bennington. No relation to Ned, Rob, or Bran Stark. So it's not surprising that, standing proudly in a public park in the town of Warren, New Hampshire, is the Redstone Rocket, featuring an actual U.S. ballistic missile from the late 1950s, the kind that used to carry nuclear warheads. America! Now let's get out of here and go to a state with a much gentler motto, freedom and unity. Vermont, the first state in the Union after the Constitution was ratified. And let's see if we can't unite and give freedom to our creepy-crawling arachnid friends at Knight Spiderweb Farm in Williamstown, Vermont. Will Knight, or Spiderweb Man, has a lot of spiders on his farm where they appreciate the uniqueness and beauty of each web and have devised a way to preserve them and provides an environment that encourages further webbery. Terrific. And for those of you Charlotte's Web fans, you'll get that reference. All right, now that we're back on the road, keep your eye out for a huge gorilla holding a Volkswagen Beetle above its head when we pass Pioneer Auto Sales in Leicester, Vermont. Scatter curiosity, while IBM is Vermont's biggest employer, Ben and Jerry's gives its ice cream waste to local farmers to feed to their hogs, who apparently like every flavor except mint Oreo. I'm sure that you are aware that New York City was the first capital of the United States in 1789, but did you know that the state of New York also held the first American chess tournament in 1843 and was also the first state to require license plates on cars. And thank God for that, right? Because without the alphabet game, this cross-country trip would otherwise be torturous. Now, we aren't going to New York City on this kitsch trip, but come visit me in New York City anytime and we'll do all the touristy stuff when you come to town. But right now... We are driving to the sad-faced Bigfoot sculpture in Whitehall, New York, carved by a chainsaw from a tree stump. And the impressively clawed Sasquatch fits right in around Whitehall because since 1976, the town has been abuzz with Bigfoot sightings. So much so that in 2004, it became illegal to shoot at Bigfoot. 
and I'm stoked about our next stop, the world's biggest kaleidoscope in Mount Tremper, New York. Called the Catskill Kaleidoscope, cat with a K, it is a repurposed silo that you enter in groups of 20 or so and lean back on an angle padded wall and look up for 10 minutes to visions of American flags, Abraham Lincoln, Marilyn Monroe, and spinning cannabis leaves, just to name a few. Located at the Catskill Corners Boutique Mall, it is hard to miss as there are these enigmatic eyes painted on the outside of the silo that kind of look like those of a hypnotist. And it opened in 1996 at the cost of $250,000. And on the way out is the smallest kaleidoscope in the world in the display case. And if you like this, just wait until we get to Wild Bill's Nostalgia Center in Middleton, Connecticut, which has the world's biggest jack-in-the-box outside. A 600-pound clown head above a 50-foot silo. A landmark guaranteed to haunt your dreams. Mountain Grove Cemetery in Bridgeport, Connecticut has the grave of General Tom Thumb. Not a real general, but one of Phineas T. Barnum's circus performers who was dubbed the world's most famous midget in 1842. Obviously, today we don't say midget anymore. We say little person. His total height was 3 foot 4 inches. His actual name was Charles Stratton, and he married Lavinia Warren, a.k.a. Thumbelina, another little person in 1863, and they were so famous, they performed for President Lincoln. And Mountain Grove Cemetery was actually designed by P.T. Barnum, who is also buried there. Connecticut is full of surprises, which is their state motto. And just like Rhode Island, Connecticut also never ratified the 18th Amendment prohibition. WWF headquarters is not far from here in Stamford, and Connecticut is home to the first hamburger in 1895, the first Polaroid camera in 1934, the first helicopter, 1939, and the first color TV in 1948. And in Wilton, Connecticut, a roundhouse is more than a deadly kickboxing move. It's an actual roundhouse located on Olmstead Hill Road. Philip Johnson's design resembles Troy McClure's house on The Simpsons. It has no angles, duh, it's round, and it has walls made of glass. The house floats 15 feet off the ground, rotates 360 degrees, and visitors are amazed by the newly renovated smart house technology. Next up is the Garden State, where our first brief stop is to see the gingerbread castle from an abandoned fairy tale theme park on Gingerbread Castle Road in Hamburg, New Jersey. And you used to be able to tour the castle with Hansel and Gretel, 
And it was decorated with gnomes, trolls, witches, and other characters from Brothers Grimm Tales. And outside the gingerbread house, there were sculptures of Humpty Dumpty, Alice in Wonderland, and Cinderella. But it closed down in 2007. It is now on private property, so we can't really go up to it, but we can still see it and get a couple of creative selfies using it as a backdrop. Scattered Curiosity, New Jersey actually claims fame to a couple of different titles, such as the diner capital of the world with the most shopping malls, the most toxic waste dumps, and North Jersey, specifically Newark, is the car theft capital of the world. So we're going to go to a full-service gas station, the only kind available in New Jersey, and spend the night in Pennsylvania. But before we head to our hotel, let's get some fresh air, stretch out our legs, and cuddle up with a book on top of Mount Penn at the historic Pagoda Landmark in Reading, Pennsylvania, where we'll sit back and relax and look at the red glowing lights of the city at dusk and have a nightcap at the cafe there. We'll go back to New Jersey tomorrow. Okay, now that we're refreshed, let's get some McDonald's breakfast, the world's best road trip food, and crank up some classic rock. Hey, it's the boss. Born in the USA. How prolific. As our first stop in New Jersey today is going to be the ugly statue in Princeton, New Jersey. A concrete and bronze-plated bust of Bruce Springsteen. And as we make our way down the South Jersey shore, we'll stop at Mighty Joe's Gas Grill and Deli in Shemong, New Jersey, so we can snap a picture of Mighty Joe, another giant gorilla. And this one was transplanted from its former home in front of the Islander Raceway in Wildwood, New Jersey, when his name was George. Our next stop is a national historic landmark that was built in 1882, Lucy the Elephant in Margate City, New Jersey, a six-story elephant-shaped structure made out of tin and wood that you can actually go inside of. Atlantic City, home to the Miss America pageant, the world's longest boardwalk, and moniker giver to the street names in the board game Monopoly is nearby if you'd like to go. And as we leave the great state of Joyzy, land of the first baseball game in Hoboken, and the first drive-in movie theater in Camden, we will have a great photo op in Bridgeton, New Jersey, with the carpet viking statue in front of Orr's Floors a contractor who puts protective coating on floors, toughening the surface against the wear and tear of everyday Vikings. Next stop, the Blue Hen State, the first to ratify the U.S. Constitution on December 7, 1787, Delaware. Our first stop, the Monster Mile, Dover International Speedway, to visit Miles the Monster, a 46-foot-tall, 
20-ton concrete creature that looks like a cross between the Incredible Hulk and the rock biter from the never-ending story climbing out of the building holding a car above his head with red glowing eyes. Cool, right? Continuing southward, there is a UFO-shaped house near the airport in Milton, Delaware that I want to see, and it is the first of two such houses on our journey. The house can best be described as resembling one of those short, round Weber grills that you put charcoal in, but without the wheels, but with oval windows all around it. Out of this world, but in it. And while we're dealing with mysterious, unearthly objects, let's go to the Zwanendel Museum and see the Fiji, F-I-J-I, Merman of Delaware, not to be confused with P.T. Barnum's Fiji Mermaid. Now, it's kind of hard to describe how it looks, a gray, foot-long, mummified, cockroach-shaped fossil that also resembles a scorpion with a human head on top that's posing in a golem-like manner atop a blue velvet bench. And it's been there since 1941, and the local children have nicknamed him Monkey Face. As we go from Delaware to Maryland, I thought it worth pointing out that the town of Delmar, the little town too big for one state, is named so because it is located in both Delaware and Maryland. The Mason-Dixon line divides it. Baltimore, Maryland has the Edgar Allan Poe House and also has a giant pineapple representing the Victor Graphics logo, a book printing company, and a statue of Nipper the RCA dog. Now, you've seen this picture before of a dog listening to an Edison Bell cylinder phonograph with his head cocked in a quizzical fashion. Nipper was a real dog that lived between 1884 and 1895. The scene that we are all so familiar with is based on a painting done by Francis Barad, Nipper's second owner, Barad's brother being the first. And it eventually became the trademark of Victor and HMV Records, HMV Music Stores, and RCA. The trademark was registered July 10th, 1900. Scattered curiosity... The Baltimore and Ohio Railroad Company, built in 1830, is another familiar property name from the board game Monopoly. You may know it better as B&O Railroad. Now, you'd think that the giant Coke bottle that we're about to drive by would be in Atlanta, but instead, it's on top of the Coca-Cola plant in Hagerstown, Maryland. And the bottle actually came from another Coca-Cola plant from the 1940s in the town of Frederick and was moved when they relocated. The country's first dental school was at the University of Maryland. The two facts are unrelated. Or are they? You think on that while I drive us to the wild and wonderful West Virginia which boasts to be almost heaven, a statement that I think our nation's first president would agree with. 
on the western part of Berkeley Springs State Park in West Virginia is a monument to the presidential bathing of George Washington, who wrote about visiting the springs many times. Here is one such entry. Quote, We found of both sexes about 250 people at this place, full of all manner and diseases and complaints, some of which are benefited, while others find no relief from the water. Two of the three doctors are here, but whether attending as physicians or to drink the water, I know not. It is thought the springs will soon begin to lose their virtues, and the weather gets too cold for people not well provided to remain here. They are situated very badly on the east side of a steep mountain and enclosed by hills on all sides, so that the afternoon sun is hid by four o'clock and the fog hangs over us till nine or ten like ghosts, with occasional great damps in the mornings and the evenings to be cool. However, I think my fevers are a good deal abated. Though my pains grow rather worse, and my sleep equally disturbed, what effect the waters may have upon me, I cannot say at present. As I expect nothing from the air, this certainly must be unhealthy. I propose to stay here a fortnight, and longer if benefited. End quote. West Virginia's motto is, Mountaineers are always free, and is sometimes called the Mountain State and the Southernmost Northern State and the Northernmost Southern State. It's hard to describe the four-statue vignette of Fronham Colossi, Land of the Giants, in Unger, West Virginia, which is why we're going to take a look for ourselves. From what I can tell from the pictures I've seen online, they look like giant action figures resembling characters from the Archie's comics, but not, but just that sort of vibe and style. There's a shirtless pool dude holding a can of something, a redhead in a purple bikini, a pale, strong-browed fellow wearing a crown and a polo shirt, and a skinny dude holding four bags of groceries, big enough to hold the world's largest apple, which is located in nearby Winchester, Virginia, where the Shenandoah Apple Blossom Festival has taken place annually since 1924. Now they say that Virginia is for lovers, but they also say that Virginia is for history lovers. But what about prehistory lovers? Yes, dinosaurs have been towering over the land in White Post, Virginia for over 50 years at Dinosaur Land. And they have a Spinosaurus, Velociraptor, Gigantosaurus, Stegosaurus, T-Rex, a mother and child Triceratops, Apatosaurus, Megalosaurus, and more. Virginia is referred to as Old Dominion, and the birthplace of the nation, and it was named after England's Elizabeth I, or the Virgin Queen. It was the 10th of the 13 original colonies to join the Union on June 25, 1788, and the state motto is Sic Semper Tyrannis, thus always to tyrants. Our next state is the birthplace of 
Pepsi Cola in 1898, Krispy Kreme Donuts, and the town of Fayetteville, North Carolina, has the double honor of having the first miniature golf course and is the site of Babe Ruth's first home run on March 7th, 1914. And their motto is, Esse quam videri, to be rather than to seem. And there seems to be a 72-foot-tall pinball rolling around a bunch of buildings in Raleigh, North Carolina. But it is, in fact, the Daily Planet's giant Earth art installation. Built in 2012, it has a 2,000-square-foot video screen inside that shows science presentations and nature images. High Point, North Carolina, is the home furnishing capital of the world, which is why there is a 38-foot-tall dresser or chest of drawers with two giant unmatched socks hanging out of one of the drawers amid other buildings in town. And it was first built to the height of 20 feet in 1920 and was expanded the extra 18 feet in 1996. And in nearby Thomasville is the 30-foot-tall Duncan Fife chair made of concrete and steel, and it was built in 1948 with a 10-foot square seat which you can sit in. Scattered curiosity, Lyndon Johnson sat in the Fife chair while campaigning for vice president in 1960. And we keep living large with the 40-foot-tall, 5-ton, leaning silver sculpture of a fire hydrant in Columbia, South Carolina, one of the three biggest in the world. And a sign below it begs dog owners to please curb their pets. And while we're on the topic of fire hydrants, you may have noticed along our journey thus far the different fire hydrant colors from town to town and may be wondering what that's all about. Well, it turns out that fire hydrants are color-coded based on the water pressure a given hydrant will produce. Cities and townships usually have their main water source in a far-off lake or reservoir and the water gets pumped into the city. And the National Fire Protection Agency, or NFPA, suggests that fire hydrants using the public water supply systems should be painted yellow. Hydrants that are below 500 GPM gallons per minute should be red. From 500 to 999 GPM, they should be orange. 1,000 to 1,499 GPM, they should be green, and 1,500 or more GPM should be blue. If the fire hydrants are hooked up to a private system, it should be painted any other color, preferably red. And if the fire hydrant no longer works, it should be painted black. But if it's only temporarily out of order and it's due to be fixed, a black garbage bag should be put over it. Scattered curiosity, water works so well at putting out fires because it not only cools the fire, 
but the steam generated from the water added to the heat actually smothers the fire with the steam. Okay, we're still in South Carolina. The eighth state entered into the Union on May 23, 1788, and home to the first battle of the American Civil War at Fort Sumter. And South Carolina has two mottos. Which one do you like better? While I breathe, I hope, or smiling faces, beautiful places. Personally, I like the state mottos that are in Latin. But regardless of your preference, I think that we could all agree that we love the official state dance of South Carolina, the shag. Oh, behave. Now that we're officially in the South, let's go see some gators. Alligator Adventure in Atlantic Beach, South Carolina is the northernmost alligator farm in the country and is just a cold-blooded warm-up before we go to Gatorland in Florida, which is bigger and better. But Alligator Adventure does a jump which is similar to the one at Gatorland where food is dangled above the gator that jumps out of the water using its tail to shoot up off the swamp floor. And gators aren't the only underwater curiosity in South Carolina. There is the 40-foot-long, preserved Confederate submarine in North Charleston called the Hunley. And it was built in 1864 and successfully sank the USS Houstonic, killing five Northerners hours before the Hunley itself sank killing its crew of 21 Confederate soldiers. The vessel was discovered in 1995 and, five years later, was put into a 90,000-gallon tank. And can you imagine seeing a submarine in 1864? I mean, it must have seemed like an alien craft from out of this world. Just like the UFO Welcome Center in Bauman, South Carolina. Built in 1994, it looks like a 46-foot-long UFO crash-landed into a junkyard and was just turned into a space museum with absolutely no budget. It's the UFO alien equivalent of having a rusty old truck parked on your lawn. Before we return to North Carolina for a second, hey, I'm just looking at the map and it says that this is the best order in which we should do this, We will grab a quick picture in front of Peachoid, which is a realistic peach-shaped and colored water tower with this beautiful green stem leaf that's draped over it, which is in Gaffney, South Carolina. And listen, we wouldn't go back to North Carolina if they didn't have Maniac, the 16-foot-tall Oakwood Indian death tiki of awesomeness which is a sculpture of an Indian chief's skeleton with fangs that's just chilling outside of Soco Cycles in Maggie Valley. And after admiring such idolatry, we'd best absolve our sins at the Fields of Wood in Murphy, South Carolina, which features a giant Ten Commandments on a hillside of a 210-acre religious park founded by the Church of God of Prophecy in 1945. 
and the property includes a baptismal pool by appointment only, a monument named the eternal punishment for the wicked, and has Christian rock playing outside of the gift shop. I'm going to resist turning this trip into a geek fest over the walking dead while we're in Georgia. That will be a separate trip. But I do have just one little nugget for you deadheads out there, and that is the Cherokee Rose is the official state flower of Georgia. Rest in peace, Sophia. Georgia was named after King George II of England, and the state motto and the state song are one and the same. Georgia on my mind. Coca-Cola was invented by John S. Pemberton in Atlanta, Georgia in 1886, and the state is the number one provider of peaches, pecans, and peanuts in the nation, which is why our next stop is the 13-foot Jimmy Carter peanut statue in Plains, Georgia. Built by the Indiana Democratic Party in 1976 for campaign purposes, it was then moved to Plains, which is the president's hometown. And it has a modest wooden pen surrounding it, and the nut sports this huge, cartoonish Jimmy Carter smile. Scattered curiosity, Gainesville, Georgia, is known as the chicken capital of the world, and it is illegal to eat chicken with a fork there. And a bonus curiosity, the sweet Vidalia onion comes from the fields of Glenville and Vidalia, Georgia only. Now don't get too excited by all the fun-looking billboards we will pass in the Sunshine State because we are on our way to the aforementioned Gatorland in Orlando, Florida. And unlike the last Gator Farm, they have a Gator Wrestling Show which you can participate in. Or, if you're not up for that, you can hold a baby gator with a rubber band around his mouth. And they do the gator jump right. They have a cable, which is on a pulley system that stretches across the swamp at an impressive height. And, at scheduled times of the day, they will attach a whole chicken, dead of course, to the cable and pull it out above the bayou where these enormous alligators shoot out of the murky water, seemingly out of nowhere, by using the unbelievable strength of their tails to push off the swamp bottom and snap the chickens right off the cable, ending in a fantastic splash. And if watching this future luggage feast is making you hungry, well, we can get gator burgers at the snack shop. Yes, made of alligator meat, not just a fun name. And they're pretty good, too, though I prefer gator ribs. And if that doesn't sound appetizing to you, why don't we hit up every divorced dad's favorite restaurant, Hooters, in Madeira Beach, Florida, featuring the world's biggest chicken wing, hung on an outdoor deck that overlooks the water and resembles a great white shark freshly killed and put on display. And we have just completed our first zig southbound and begin our first northbound zag 
with Mississippi, the South's warmest welcome, so they say. The state also claims fame to having the cotton capital of the world in Greenwood, the towboat capital of the world, Greenville, the catfish capital of the world, Belzoni, and the sweet potato capital of the world, Vardaman, within its borders. Also, root beer was invented in 1898 in Biloxi and pine sole in 1929 in Jackson. And our first stop in Mississippi is a giant Saturn V rocket that would have been used if there were an Apollo 19 mission. And this rocket used to be propped up next to a highway in Louisiana from 1978 to 2016, but has since moved alongside a different highway here in Purlington, Mississippi. The state that suffered from the biggest percentage of losses in the Civil War of all of the Confederate states. Of the 78,000 enlisted, at least 59,000 of them were either dead or wounded. So, there are deep feelings towards the statues of Abraham Lincoln and Jefferson Davis, called Abe and Jeff, in Vicksburg National Military Park. And it is a depiction of an imaginary meeting of the two men, who were in fact both born in Kentucky, less than 100 miles from one another, and just one year apart. I love this kind of stuff, don't you? Although Graceland is in Memphis, Tennessee, and you should go there too sometime, I've already been there a million times already, but Elvis was born in Tupelo, Mississippi, where there is a statue of Presley that reaches his arm out for you to touch Elvis's like an insane 50s teenage girl. This pose was based on Elvis's homecoming show in 1956 at the Mississippi-Alabama Fair and Dairy Show, where a picture was snapped of the king reaching out to fans in the same manner. Continuing on, we come to the heart of Dixie to visit the former world's largest brick in Montgomery, Alabama. There is an even bigger one in Denton, Texas now. The difference, though, is that the giant brick in Montgomery, Alabama is also made of bricks. Alabama was admitted to the Union as the 22nd state on December 14, 1819, and was home to the first electric trolley system in the world in 1886. Alabama workers built the rocket that put the first men on the moon, and the Hall of History in the town of Bessemer, Alabama, has an exhibit that features Adolf Hitler's Mountain Retreat typewriter. One of my favorite jokes from The Simpsons, and there are millions of them, by the way, is a gag that they had written on a sign that was at the Tennessee border that read, Tennessean is believing." Let's put it to the test, eh? Now, I've been to Gatlinburg, Tennessee before, and it's a great city. Lots of fun stuff to do there, including taking a ski lift up into the Smoky Mountains. A spectacular view. But one place that I didn't see while I was visiting there was the Salt and Pepper Shaker Museum 
featuring 20,000 pairs of shakers from around the globe that date as far back as the 1500s. And while we're so close, let's take a day to get out of the RV and go to Dollywood. Yes, the Dolly Parton theme park in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, open from 9 to 5. Scattered curiosity, Bristol, Tennessee is known as the birthplace of country music and Nashville's Grand Ole Opry is the longest continuously running live radio show in the world, airing every Friday and Saturday since 1925. Now, we're going to come back to Tennessee in a while, but our next stop is actually in the land which hosted the first American performance of a Beethoven symphony in Lexington, 1817, and also the birthplace of the song Happy Birthday in Louisville in 1893. I wonder if they sang the song to itself. I speak, of course, of the 15th state in the union of unbridled spirit, Kentucky. And the first such spirits that we'll encounter will be at the giant bourbon barrel outside the Barton Distillery in Bardstown, which opened in 1792 and offers a free two-hour tour. Scattered curiosity, Bourbon County, Kentucky, is a dry county, meaning no alcohol, while Christian County is wet. And Barron County has some of the most fertile land in the state. Weird, right? But not as weird as the world's largest underpants, which is its actual name. And yes, it's written on the elastic of this pair of underwear that was once used by the actual Patch Adams. And it resides on campus at Western Kentucky University in Bardstown. And let's keep it weird with our next stop, the Flying Saucer House in Covington, Kentucky. And this one looks just like the UFO-shaped house that we saw in Milton, Delaware, but with less windows and less sparkle. But still a super cool house that can be seen from nearby Cincinnati. And keep your eyes out for the T-Rex statue in front of the Dinosaur World billboard on I-65 near Mammoth Cave, the world's longest cave and second oldest tourist attraction in the United States after Niagara Falls from as far back as 1816. Next, we go to the Corvette Museum in Bowling Green, Kentucky, which was victim to a sinkhole in February of 2014 that swallowed eight Corvettes. Nobody was hurt. It happened early in the morning. And the museum was going to fix the unsettling eyesore. But when so many people came out to see the sinkhole, the museum realized good publicity when they saw it and made the sinkhole one of the most popular parts of the museum. And while we're in the mood to destroy cars, we got to get back to Tennessee to Cooter's Place. Yeehaw! You ever watch the Dukes of Hazzard? Well, Cooter's Place is a free museum dedicated to the TV show. And it has costumes, props, Cooter's Garage, and mini golf, and go-karts where you can drive your own mini General Lee in the Smoky Mountains. Scattered curiosity, Tennessee 
was the last state to secede from the Union in the Civil War and the first to be readmitted. And if that didn't restart your engines, honest to goodness, Indiana, the crossroads of America, just might do the trick. The town of Santa Claus, Indiana, has a 22-foot-tall Santa Claus statue, Santa Claus Museum, and Santa's Village. And if you go there with kids, they can write a free letter to Santa and send it using the original Santa Claus post office. And every single letter gets a reply before Christmas. And the statue has been there since 1935. Now, we will be meandering between the Hoosier State, Indiana, and the land of Lincoln, Illinois, on our way north. So don't think the dear old dad got into the medicine cabinet again. But keep your eyes open while we're in Illinois, though, because it has the most personalized license plates of any other state. And some of them can be pretty funny, too. Our first stop in Illinois is a 70-foot ketchup bottle water tower in Collinsville, which first appeared in 1949 while Brooks Foods was making tons of the stuff in town. Now, the company is no longer there, but the bottle is. And on the topic of ketchup, did you know that the first McDonald's franchise was in Des Plaines, Illinois? Well, I did because I grew up near there. So that doesn't really make me smart now, does it? But I do know where to find a dragon that breathes fire for tokens. Want to see it? Well, good, because that's our next stop, the Kaskaskia Dragon in Vandalia, Illinois, where we can pretend to be Targaryens. The town of Casey, Illinois, seems to be overcompensating for something. They have several oversized random structures all over their town as part of their big things in a small town movement. You have the really, really big birdcage made from scrap metal that you can sit in. The really, really big pencil weighing 500 pounds and stretching 32 and a half feet inscripted with a passage from Proverbs 3.3. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Write them deep within your heart. The Casey State Bank donated a 13-foot round, 3,200-pound, really, really big wooden coin. And their really, really big yardstick is 12 times the size of an actual yardstick, or 36 feet. But the biggery doesn't stop there. Because you have the 30-foot-tall, 6,000-pound golf tee in front of the Casey Country Club, which, by the way, is made of 60 gallons of glue and 120 pounds of screws. Casey also has the world's largest knitting needles and crochet hook, the world's largest mailbox, 5,743 feet with a stairway that invites you to climb inside, a 60-foot pitchfork, a 55-foot-tall wind chime, and the world's largest rocking chair are all right here. And you would think that the world's largest pair of wooden shoes would be somewhere in the Netherlands, but it's not. It's in Casey, Illinois, located at Casey's Candy Depot. I feel so tiny in this town. We should listen to some tiny sods, huh? Now, you may not know this. I actually just learned this fact. 
But the first professional baseball game was played in Indiana in 1871. So our next stop is a little extra special. About 40 years ago, in Alexandria, Indiana, a baseball was covered in a few layers of paint. And for decades since, more paint has been added. 24,350 coats to be exact, the world's biggest ball of paint now weighs in at roughly 4,200 pounds. Now, I apologize we won't see more of the 17th state from 1803, Ohio, on this trip. After all, it is the heart of it all, and there's so much to discover here in the birthplace of the nation's first traffic light, 1914, the first professional city fire department, and, of course, aviation. And while we won't visit the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, we will have a picnic lunch outside the Longaburger building in Newark, Ohio, because it is the biggest basket-shaped building in the world, like a giant picnic basket. It's 192 feet tall, and the handles are even internally heated to protect them from ice damage in the winter. Scattered curiosity, Akron, Ohio, was the first city to utilize police cars, and it is also the rubber capital of the world. Bonus curiosity, Hang On Sloopy is the official state rock song. And don't get me wrong, I love that song. But why? I'll never forget the commercials for Michigan tourism that I used to see on TV growing up near Chicago. Yes, Michigan, the feelings forever. And I believe it because the town of Saugatuck, Michigan, is one of the most beautiful, progressive towns that I have ever been to, with a wonderful theater at the SCA, sand dunes, and stunning sunsets over Lake Michigan. In fact, standing anywhere in the state of Michigan, a person is always within 85 miles of one of the Great Lakes. And while Michigan is sometimes called the Wolverine State, there are no Wolverines there anymore. Unless Hugh Jackman is at Comic-Con. Oh my God, is Hugh Jackman coming to Comic-Con? Detroit, Michigan is Motown or Motortown because it is where Henry Ford brought the automobile into the American consciousness. So it's no surprise that just outside of Detroit, there is the 80-foot-tall Uniroyal tire, which was once a Ferris wheel at the New York World's Fair of 1964. And it came to Allen Park, Michigan in 1966 and lives next to the Uniroyal building. At the gates of Dinosaur Gardens Prehistoric Zoo in the town of Osinek is a statue of Jesus Christ holding the world in his left hand, which seems weird to me because left is usually the evil side in Christianity. And the park was built in the 1930s, and they have an apatosaurus, very much like a brontosaurus, that you can climb inside of, see its innards, and discover the heart-shaped Jesus within.
Do you remember the show Lost and the magnetic properties of the cryptic island that they were trapped on? Well, there is similar phenomenon all around our country. And the mystery spot in St. Ignis, Michigan is one such location. Discovered in the 1950s, not by the Dharma Initiative, surveyors found that their equipment didn't work properly while on the property. And things just wouldn't stay level and workers felt lightheaded when they were within the 300-foot diameter surrounding the area where the laws of physics and optics seemed to be non-existent. They also have zip lines, mini-golf, and a human maze. And more amazing, we have completed our first northbound zag and we'll start to head south again to the dairy lands of Wisconsin, otherwise known as the Badger State, which claims the snowmobiling capital of the world, Eagle River, and the bratwurst capital of the world in Sheboygan. Woodruff, Wisconsin, is home to the world's largest penny, a monument to Dr. Kate Pelham, who was a family doctor in the early 1900s that started to do fundraising for a local hospital in 1953 where she asked students of the high school to save their pennies, and together they raised $17,000, and the giant penny honors her. The National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame in Hayward, Wisconsin, is the world's biggest fiberglass fish, an awesome four-story building modeled for the state fish, the muskie. Next, we're going to gas up in the town of DeForest, Wisconsin, so we can snap a picture with Pinky the Elephant and get some Pinky souvenirs. And this statue was built in 1963 and can be seen from the interstate highway. Although the elephant himself doesn't seem so well, as he wears big black Albert Einstein glasses. Our last stop in Wisconsin is Dr. Evermore's Forevertron Park in Bluffview, Wisconsin, which features the world's biggest scrap metal sculpture. Weighing in at three tons and consisting of two of Thomas Edison's dynamos from the 1880s, the decontamination chamber from Apollo 11, lightning rods, and a bunch of other odd-shaped stuff. The sculptor, Tom Every, is the innovative Victorian character Dr. Evermore, who has built Forevertron to put himself, quote, into the heavens on a magnetic lightning force beam, end quote. Steampunk comes alive at Dr. Evermore's Forevertron Park. There are other sculptures, too. The land of 10,000 lakes, Minnesota, can get pretty cold sometimes, which is why the city of Minneapolis has a skyway system that connects five miles, 52 blocks, of the downtown area, allowing you to walk around town without ever going outside in the cold. Minnesota has given the world a host of great inventions, including the stapler, weedy cereal, scotch tape, masking tape, and green giant vegetables. 
which is why the town of Blue Earth, Minnesota has the 55-foot-tall Jolly Green Giant statue constructed in 1978 right off of I-90. See it? Good. Let's go. You know, after spending so much time in the car, I bet I can guess what you'd like to do next. Go to the historic Auto Attractions Museum in Roscoe, Illinois. They've got Adam West's Batmobile and Michael J. Fox's DeLorean from Back to the Future and also vehicles that once belonged to Mussolini, Himmler, Hitler, and Bonnie and Clyde. And I'm sad to say that the spindle, a $75,000 art piece by Dustin Schuler in Berwyn, Illinois, isn't there anymore. And I used to live just a few miles away from it, and it was so cool. It was this 50-foot spike with eight cars impaled on it that was sitting right in the middle of a parking lot at the Cermak Plaza Shopping Center on the corner of Cermak Road and Harlem Avenue just outside of Chicago. And the cars were, from top to bottom, a 1967 red Volkswagen Beetle, a 1976 BMW New Class with license plates that read Dave, a 1981 blue Ford Escort, a 1974 green Mercury Capri, a 1978 blue Ford Mustang, a 1981 maroon Pontiac Grand Prix, a 1980 lemon yellow Ford LTD, and a 1981 Black Mercury Grand Marquis. Lucky for you, if you still want to see it, watch the first Wayne's World movies when they're cruising around Aurora, Illinois. It is one of the cutaway shots that you see from the car. You getting hungry? You will when we see the world's largest Cheeto in Algona, Iowa. Found by a naval petty officer in a bag of Cheetos, the fried cornmeal exhibit weighs half an ounce and is the size of a small lemon. Iowa is unique. It is the only state name that begins with two vowels and the only state where the eastern and western borders are shaped by water, the Missouri and Mississippi rivers. And our RV for this trip was manufactured in Winnebago County, Iowa. Hey, look out the window. A 14-foot frying pan. We must be in Brandon, Iowa. And you know, that pan was originally used to advertise the annual cowboy breakfast charity held here each year. Iowa alleges to be life-changing with fields of opportunity. Which is why I brought a bat and ball and a few baseball mitts because the Field of Dreams movie site in Dyersville, Iowa actually lets you play on the field. No organized games, though. And there are bleachers and souvenirs and ghosts, probably. Then we'll say hi to Albert, the 30-foot-tall bull, 45 if you count the horns, in Autobahn, Iowa, who is the friendly representative of the town's beef industry. Missouri, the show-me state where the rivers run, is named for the Missouri Indians and means town of large canoes. 
Missouri became the 24th state in 1821 and was the first southern state to free its slaves in 1865. Scattered curiosity, the ice cream cone was invented at the Missouri World's Fair in 1904 when an ice cream peddler ran out of cups and he asked a nearby waffle vendor to roll up some waffles. And Dr. Pepper, no period after the DR, by the way, made its public debut at the 1904 fair as well. And iced tea. Our first stop is Leela's Hair Museum in Independence, Missouri, with 2,000 samples of jewelry made out of hair, which was actually a popular fashion fad back in the Victorian era. Gross! You're going to love our next stop, Jim the Wonder Dog Memorial Garden, dedicated to the runt of the litter Llewellyn Setter from Louisiana, who grew up to become the hunting dog of the century. And his owner, Sam Van Arsdale, could tell Jim to sit under a specific kind of tree, say a hickory tree, and amongst a group of other species of trees, Jim would correctly sit under the hickory tree, as if Jim truly understood Sam's words. Jim could also find a specific type of car, license plate number, car color, or specific people who lived in the area. Jim also chose the winner of the 1936 World Series and seven Kentucky Derbies. And the dog is even supposed to have understood Morse code. Of course, critics believe that Sam was signaling Jim somehow, so Sam allowed a third party to test the Wonder Dog themselves, telling Jim what to do in Morse code. And Jim did it! Jim died in 1937 at the age of 12 and is featured in Ripley's Believe It or Not. The gardens opened in 1999, and every May 16th is Wonder Dog Day in Marshall, Missouri. Climatron sounds like a transformer, but is actually the first geodesic dome to be utilized as a conservatory. And the name stems from the building's technical abilities to control the climate of the greenhouse dome. It opened in 1960 in St. Louis, and just 53 miles west of here in 1905, helium was discovered at the University of Kansas in Lawrence, Kansas. But we aren't going there. But a scattered curiosity about Kansas City, Missouri? It has the second most fountains in the world and more kilometers of boulevards than Paris. But Arkansas has 9,700 miles of rivers and streams and 600,000 acres of lakes. I guess that's why the Duck Calling World Championship is held there. Becoming state number 25 in 1836, Arkansas means south wind in the Quapaw Indian language. The official state instrument is the fiddle, circa 1985, the state beverage is milk, and in Arkansas, you can shoot a bear, but you can't wake a sleeping bear to take a picture. And 
There is a two-story outhouse at the Booger Hollow Trading Post in the town of Dover. Hell yeah, we're going. And then we're going to the spinach capital of the world in Alma, Arkansas to get a picture of the spinach can water tower there before we get to the only state that still refers to Napoleonic code and its laws, Louisiana, named for King Louis XIV of France. Scattered curiosity, bayou, is a French word meaning slow-moving river. Louisiana encourages visitors to come as you are, leave different. No problem. We're going to New Orleans. And tonight is a free night. Go out, hear some music, drink in the streets, and make sure you bring plenty of cash and beads with you. And get some rest, too. Because tomorrow morning, we're going to the site of inspiration for Anne Rice's novel, Interview with a Vampire, the Lafayette Cemetery. Then we'll head over to the St. Louis Cemetery Number 1 to get a picture in front of the Nicholas Cage tombs. Apparently, he has a 10-foot-tall, pyramid-shaped mausoleum waiting for him when he eventually passes away. And the inscription reads, Omnia ab uno, or everything from one. On our way out of NOLA, we'll grab some beignets and crepes and keep the French motif going by driving to Paris, Texas, to see the Eiffel Tower replica decorated with a cowboy hat on top. And the Cowboy Hall of Fame, the first parking meter, 1935, and the first shopping cart, 1937, at Humpty Dumpty and Standard Food Stores, all debuted in our next state's capital city in Oklahoma. We're now cruising down on historic Route 66 in Catoosa, Oklahoma, towards Nature's Acres to see the smiling 80-foot blue whale of Catoosa, which was built in the early 1970s by Hugh Davis as an anniversary present to his wife Zelta, who was a collector of whale figurines. And when people started showing up to swim in the waters around the whale... Hugh imported sand and picnic tables and even hired lifeguards to maintain the site. No wonder the state's motto is Labor Omnia Vincit. Labor conquers all. Hugh's son now oversees the facility. Scatter curiosity, the official state beverage of Oklahoma is milk. Tulsa, Oklahoma used to call itself the oil capital of the world. And I'm inclined to believe them because the state capital used to have drilling derricks on its front lawn. And on the lawn of the Tulsa fairgrounds is the towering golden driller or oil man statue with his hand up giving you a big okay sign. And it is amongst the tallest statues in the country. Instead of camping in our Winnebago tonight, let's go to the Urban Camp in Tulsa, Oklahoma, located on the third floor of a 1920s warehouse in the historic gunboat district of downtown Tulsa. It's a truly unique place for a party. A large indoor campground with fake grass, a starry ceiling, fake campfires, 
trees, tents, and in the picnic area, there are no ants, no rain, and they play movies on the wall and also have video games and popcorn. Scattered Curiosity, the yield sign, debuted in Tulsa, Oklahoma. On our way back to Texas, we'll stop at the National Lighter Museum in Guthrie, Oklahoma, which features Zippos, Ronsons, and all sorts of, quote, mechanical pyrotechnic apparatuses. Cool, huh? You've probably heard of the Cadillac Ranch in Armarillo, Texas, off of Route 66. And if not, it is 10 Cadillacs of varying models and years between 1949 and 1963, which was designed in 1973 by Stanley Marsh. No, not from South Park. And the cars are buried face down in the ground with the back end sticking out and covered in spray paint, and you are 100% allowed and encouraged to tag it yourself. Armarillo also has the world's biggest helium well. And don't confuse the word armarillo with armadillo, which is the Texas state mammal. Is this not the best vacation ever? I mean, so far, because we haven't even seen the biggest ball of twine. Yet. And you know, many places claim to have the world's biggest ball of twine, but the 19,000-pound ball of twine in Cocker City, Kansas, gets bigger every day because people are encouraged to add to the ball. I love interactive art. Simply wonderful. Scattered Curiosity, Smith County, Kansas, is the geographical center of the 48 contiguous states. And the first Pizza Hut restaurant was in Wichita. Nebraska was once known as the Great American Desert, having the state motto, Equality Before Law, and is the birthplace of the Reuben Sandwich and the 911 emergency system. Arbor Day was founded in Nebraska City in 1872, which is why the state's nickname used to be the Tree Planter State. It was changed in 1945 to the Cornhusker State. Nebraska Nice and The Good Life can be seen on license plates as we head to Boystown, Nebraska to see the 600-pound world's largest ball of stamps with a diameter of 32 inches and it is covered in an astounding 4,655,000 stamps. South Dakota boasts great faces, great places, and is another locale where milk is the official state beverage. You can wrestle somebody in a pool of mashed potatoes in the town of Clark, and walk through a building made of corn, or as the native Sioux Nation of the Dakota, Nakota, and Lakota tribes would call it, maize. The Corn Palace in the town of Mitchell is exactly that. A giant palace decorated with 3,500 bushels of corn varying in size and color. Admission is free, and it's open all year long, and is rebuilt every single year. 
Now, I know this trip is devoted to kitschy B-side attractions, but you are in the car with Albert Einstein here, so we are stopping at Mount Rushmore. But on the way, we're going to stop at the Wall Drug to get our free glass of water, an offer it has maintained since 1931 when they decided to advertise free ice water to people passing through. And it's been bringing people in ever since. And it looks like it's from a true Old West town. And they have a brontosaurus and a large jackalope with a saddle that you can ride and pose for a picture with before going to Mount Rushmore. And let's touch Nebraska one last time to get a look at Carhenge, which is an attraction that sounds like what it looks like. 38 cars, painted gray, and stacked to look like the Stonehenge in Wiltshire, England, but in Alliance, Nebraska. The geographical center of North America is in Rugby, North Dakota, so you know that we're going to go there, and it is marked with a 15-foot rock obelisk. Legendary. Milk is the official beverage here, too, and it is where Lewis and Clark saw their first grizzly bear. Scattered curiosity, North Dakota is the only state never to have had an earthquake. Montana is big sky country where ditch means with water. So a whiskey ditch is a whiskey with water. Creeks are called cricks. Speedy means expensive, we would say pricey. And it is nicknamed the Treasure State, whose motto is Oro y Plata, gold and silver. And on January 28, 1887, the biggest snowflake ever, 15 inches, was observed in Montana. Maybe that's why outside the Glacier Gateway Inn in Cutbank, Montana, there is a 27-foot penguin that looks like the Saturday afternoon papier-mâché project of a six-year-old titan, which actually occasionally talks. However, technical problems have led him to only sounding every 10 tries or so. And who needs Alcatraz when there is the old prison museum in Deer Lodge, Montana? a prison that was built by inmates and was home to some of Butch Cassidy's Wild Bunch. Though it's been empty since the 1970s, we can still go in the cells and check out the gallows. And as we go from southern Montana into northern Wyoming, we come to another unavoidable attraction of Americana, Old Faithful in Yellowstone National Park the first national park in the nation established in 1866 with the most geyser fields in the world, like no place on earth. With most of Yellowstone being in Wyoming, the state claims to be simply forever west. Didn't you love riding the jackalope near Mount Rushmore? Well, let's ride another one at the Exxon Country Store in Dubois, Wyoming. 
This big stuffed jackalope is also strapped with a saddle that a very large grown man could mount as evidenced by online pictures I've seen. And when we get back on the road, we'll pass by the lonely big boy statue just standing by itself, home home on the range in Wapiti, Wyoming, that just appeared out of nowhere in 2013. Even the locals are confused. Then we'll check out the T-Rex History Museum in Ranchester, which has dinosaur dioramas, skeletons, petrified feces, and a cast skull of Sue the T-Rex that you can stick your head inside of for a great picture. Boy, there's a lot of dinosaur attractions on this journey, huh? Devil's Tower was the first national monument in 1906 and is where we'll find Prairie Dog Village on the way. And it is a large field that's teeming with prairie dogs. We are guaranteed to see some of these adorable critters before we quickly take a glance at the random missile launcher along Highway 112 in Hullet, Wyoming. Once a functioning anti-aircraft missile launcher, it has since been replaced with a model of an ICBM. And using that rocket as a metaphor, how'd you like to see the only U.S. monument dedicated to a prostitute? Erected in 1964, the Charlotte Old Mother Featherleg Shepherd Monument is in the town of Lusk, where she ran a saloon with an outlaw named Dangerous Dick Davis, I am not making this up, until he killed her and took all the money with him. And now, we'll try to gain our innocence back in Utah, where... Ideas Connect, and Life is Elevated at the free gas station petting zoo at the Flying J in Scipio, or Scipio. Somebody's going to correct me on that, I'm sure. And at the petting zoo, they have zebras, camels, ostriches, and petroleum. Utah is named for the Native American Ute tribe and means people of the mountains. The centennial state of Colorado, where fresh air and fond memories are served daily, means colored red. And it is home to Cano's Castle, a mansion with four towers greatly comprised of beer cans. And I've even heard that Jesus lives inside of it. Donald Cano Espinoza was the architect behind this must-see attraction in Antonito, Colorado. Next stop is the Brothel Museum in Cripple Creek. Cripple Creek. Where, in the 1890s, one of the fanciest brothels in the country was run by Pearl DeVere. And clients of this brothel had to fill out an application to frequent the establishment and had to have an appointment ahead of time, too. And weirdly enough... This museum has half-price admission for kids between 10 and 13, and kids under 10 are free for any of you awkward parents out there. Scattered curiosity, the 13th step to the Capitol building in Denver, Colorado, is exactly one mile above sea level, where in 1972, Colorado smartly 
turned down hosting the 1976 Winter Olympics because of pollution, cost, and the boost to the population that it would bring. And you may not be aware of this, but hosting the Olympics rarely turns a profit for the host city. Many cities claim to have been hurt economically by hosting them. A bonus curiosity, the U.S. government owns one-third of the land in Colorado. You had to know that we were going to stop at the four corners in Colorado, Arizona, Utah, and New Mexico, the 1912 monument, where you can stand in four states at once. And we're going to get a lot of bang for our buck with our stop in Santa Fe, New Mexico, with a 30-foot robot, a giant green-eyed coyote, and a huge tarantula at the Meow Wolf Arts Complex and House of Eternal Return, otherwise known as the George R.R. Martin Funhouse, where we can explore alien worlds and play with lit skeletons. New Mexico is the land of enchantment, and their constitution says that it is officially a bilingual state, as one in three families there speak Spanish. The Palace of Governors here in Santa Fe is the oldest government building in the country. And in 1950, there was a fire in the Lincoln National Forest, and firemen who were fighting the blaze found an orphan black bear cub, which they named Hotfoot. And when the cub recovered from his injuries, he was renamed Smokey Bear and became the inspiration for the Smokey Bear character that gained popularity during World War II to try to help people prevent forest fires. Smokey was eventually relocated to the National Zoo in Washington, D.C., but when he died in 1976, he was moved back to the Smokey Bear Museum in Captain, New Mexico, and was buried there. Yes, we're going. And then we'll visit McGinn's Pistachio Tree Ranch in Alamogordo, New Mexico. And you'll know that we've arrived when you see the 30-foot pistachio out front guiding us to free parking. The International Space Hall of Fame is in Alamogordo, too. And they have moon rocks, so you know we're going there. And then we'll go see Apple Boy at the old Apple Barn Emporium and Bistro in High Rolls, New Mexico. Apple Boy is a large statue built by the owners who gave him a huge apple head and have him holding a bag of apples. Kind of cannibalistic, no? Like a cow holding a bag of McDonald's? The 20-foot-tall, 40-foot-long, recycled metal roadrunner in Las Cruces has been associated with the city since the 1990s. And it's kind of gorgeous, just perched on a fake rock against the desert sky. Scattered curiosity, the whole enchilada fiesta held the first weekend of October in Las Cruces makes the world's biggest enchilada annually. Arizona is the Grand Canyon state and was the last contiguous state to join the Union on Valentine's Day, 1912, where it is illegal to refuse someone a glass of water and the bolotai 
is the official state neckwear. And we should actually put some ties on before we get to the Elvis Presley Memorial Chapel in Apache Junction. It is the church that appeared in the 1969 movie Charo, starring the king himself, Elvis the Pelvis Presley. In Wickenburg, we'll find the jail tree that convicts would be chained to prior to the 1890s because the town didn't have a jail. The sheriff from Phoenix would have to come down and pick them up. And we will take a picture with the sad cowboy statue that has one ankle chained to the tree. And to the dismay of all you Jeff Lebowskis out there, our next stop is a monument based on the Eagles song, Take It Easy. There is a lyric in the song that goes, Standing on the corner in Winslow, Arizona, which gave birth to the Standing on the Corner Park a corner in the downtown area of Winslow with a life-size statue of a guy playing a guitar near a mural depicting other lyrics of the song. And there's a festival every year featuring Eagles tribute bands. You know that I'm geeking out over Meteor Crater, Behringer Crater, Once thought to be a dead volcano, the hole is about a mile across and 500 feet deep as the result of a meteorite that hit Earth 50,000 years ago. It has been privately owned since 1903, so there is a fee to go and see it. Tonight we're going to get out of the RV and be staying at the Wigwam Village Motel 6 in Holbrook, Arizona a hotel made of concrete teepees built in the 1950s. Now, there's no ice machine and no room phones, but there is AC and TV, two very important abbreviations in the desert. And tomorrow night, we'll camp at the Flintstones Bedrock City, which offers camping every day of the year but Christmas. And it is a cement replica of the 1960s modern Stone Age family's hometown. It was built in 1972 and originally had actors walking around as Fred and Barney. And there's a Fredmobile tram that goes around Mount St. Wilma, a volcano. And the Bedrock Theater plays Flintstones cartoons every day. We can snack on a Fishosaurus sandwich or a Chickasaurus dinner at the snack shop, and ride the dinosaur that Fred slides down the neck of at the beginning of the show. Yabba-dabba-dude! Locals often call Kanab, Utah, Little Hollywood because so many directors use her natural beauty as a backdrop for their films. We are going there to gaze with awe at the giant shopping cart in front of Honey's Marketplace. Then, we will marvel at the landlocked lighthouse that looks like a barber pole just standing in the middle of the desert in Cedar City, Utah. And after that, we will go a little Hollywood at the ghost town in Cisco, which is an old watering stop and train depot from the 1880s that served as a backdrop for parts of Thelma and Louise. With 12 buildings left, the town is in disrepair. 
behind the John Wesley Powell Museum in Green River, we will find the world's biggest watermelon slice sitting on a wheeled platform advertising the Watermelon Days Festival. It's not real. It looks like it's made of an old hardwood floor that's been sculpted and painted to look like a watermelon, which would probably be refreshing to Big John, the coal-black miner muffler man who stands in Helper, Utah. Built in 1964 out of fiberglass and painted black, Big John could throw that watermelon into the world's biggest blender, which is outside of the Blendtec Company headquarters in Orem, Utah. And while we're in Salt Lake City, we must pay homage to the father of television at the statue of Philo Farnsworth outside the Capitol building. Philo was born in 1906 in a log cabin in Rigby, Idaho, and is said to have come up with the idea for electric television in 1922 while he was plowing a potato field. The look of the field inspired a concept that consisted of images scanned line by line and row by row. He called it an image dissector. Although Farnsworth is from Idaho, much of his work on the idiot box was done in Utah and his statue has him holding a big vacuum tube. Now, I know that we already saw a big penguin, but the one in Little America, Wyoming, is a real-life stuffed emperor penguin who resides in the lobby of the Little America Hotel and Resort. And the poor fella was being shipped from Antarctica to Boston and died along the way, and then it was stuffed and mounted on a stand. I'm not really sure how he wound up here, though. Before we cross the Idaho state line, you should know that it is illegal to give a citizen a box of candy that weighs more than 50 pounds. Know the law. And we're getting out of the RV again tonight when we get to Cottonwood and check in to the Dog Bark Park Inn. Two structures that resemble a 12-foot beagle, Toby, and a 32-foot beagle, Sweet Willie. One of which, Sweet Willie, is our bed and breakfast. Woof! And on our way to Washington State, we'll drive through Moscow, Idaho, and sit on the big red rocking chair in front of the furniture center there. We'll head to the enchanted land of Starbucks in the morning and get coffee before we get a selfie with the bronze statue of Jimi Hendrix in front of the AEI Music Networks building in Seattle. You know, Jimbo was from there and probably hated being called Jimbo as much as I hate the idea of the next place that we are going in Seattle, the Market Theater Gum Wall the first of two gum walls that we're going to see on this trip. The other one is in California. And the gum wall here is 15 feet by 50 feet and is covered in inches of ABC gum. Located near the box office of the theater, the tradition started in 1993 when people would put their gum on the wall and stick a coin to it. 
Six years later, it's a tourist trap. And while we're here, let's go have a beer at the Seattle Pinball Museum, where they have 53 pinball machines in four arcades. And there's no quarters needed. You pay an entry fee for all-you-can-play access. And on our way out of Washington, we will find another 14-foot frying pan off of Highway 103 in Long Beach, Washington. And it was used to cook the world's biggest razor clam fritter in 1941. Scattered curiosity, in Vancouver, Washington, the law stipulates that you are required to have an anchor as an emergency brake, which might also be handy in Oregon because Crater Lake is the deepest in the country, over 1,900 feet deep. And just like in New Jersey, you cannot pump your own gas here either. And in this Pacific Wonderland, things look different here, especially as we defy gravity at Sky High Sports in Portland, Oregon, a room full of trampolines. Trampoline dodgeball is optional, but suggested by me. And if that doesn't shake our brains up enough, perhaps we should try chugging an entire bottle of Jack Daniels a la John Belushi in Animal House in front of the old Sigma Nu fraternity house in Eugene, Oregon, because that is where much of the movie was filmed. Scattered curiosity, the president of the University of Oregon had previously worked for another university in California, and his staff there urged him not to allow the film The Graduate to shoot on location there. And of course, The Graduate is considered to be one of the best comedies of all time. William Beatty Boyd was determined to avoid deja vu by passing on Animal House, and he even allowed his office to be used as Dean Wormer's office in the film. There is a bronze plaque outside of Sigma Nu to honor the Delta House. Eugene, Oregon is one of the top 10 cycling communities in the country and was the first city to have one-way streets. I definitely want to check out the Oregon Vortex House of Mystery located in Gold Hill because it claims to have been built in 1904 on a foundation that rests at a weird angle, and when you're in the house, rooms seem to change height and allow you to stand in an unearthly manner. According to experts, it is an optical illusion that is similar to the mystery spot in St. Ignace that we saw in Michigan and the Santa Cruz mystery spot in California. And we'll see for ourselves... Because we're going there next. The mystery spot is another visual illusion where people explore the gravity box or tilted house where balls seem to roll uphill. George Prather built a tool shed on the site that fell down the hill due to a 150 diameter spot where the magnetic fields seem to make the rules of gravity obsolete. Aptly named Gravity Hill, it opened to the public in 1941 and is based on the Oregon Vortex, which opened a decade earlier. 
you can stand at seemingly impossible angles in this wacky shack of wonder. Okay, we're gonna do the Bubblegum Alley in San Luis Obispo, California, really quick. This 65-foot-long, 15-foot-high gum wall came before the one in Seattle. So, let's add our teeth marks to this historic wall of grossness and bust out of here. And if you don't feel dirty enough from that, how'd you like to go to the Area 51 Alien Travel Center and Brothel in Armagosa Valley, Nevada? Yes, all of those words that I just said are real. Scattered curiosity, Las Vegas, Nevada, has the highest shrimp consumption of the entire country at 60,000 pounds a day. And to atone for all of our sins, we should visit the 50-foot Salvation Mountain in Nyland, California, a tribute to God adorned with 100,000 gallons of paint that looks like a diorama project that Ned Flanders would have turned in as a kid. And it's kind of awesome. Now, it's difficult to tell from pictures online just how grand it is, but... I'm sure that we'll yell the state's motto, Eureka! Greek for I found it. Because we did it! We finished the American zigzag. Now, it's only two miles to Mexico. You wanna maybe zigzag that? Guys? To help us keep the curiosities coming, please rate us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to visit scatteredcuriosities.com for exclusive free downloads and to donate to the show.